0: This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Perdikizi, and thank you for joining me as always. NFL Draft, couple weeks behind us. Here at Saturday to Sunday, we will continue to recap and dissect it from every single angle. If you have missed the previous eight mini-podcasts, I went division by division, recapping every single team's NFL Draft. My favorite picks, my value picks, my questionable picks or decisions, outlining a full overview of every single team's draft, ranking each division one through four in terms of my favorite drafts. So between all the recap shows, the weekend of the NFL draft, the dynasty rookie rankings episode, the eight recap division by division NFL draft podcast. The one thing I haven't gotten into yet that I kind of wanted to get into a little bit tonight was every year we get some UDFA uh, draft people who become household names either as the year goes on, or by year two, or by year three. There's always some UDFA sleepers from the draft class that doesn't get drafted in rounds one through seven, but eventually find their way. So what I'm going to do tonight, a little bit more geared towards fantasy, but I'm going to go every single team, and I'm going to talk about at least one UDFA player from every single team. I have 40 names. 38 of them can be deemed... For deep dynasty leagues, a lot on the offensive side, some on the IDP side as well. A couple offensive linemen who they just didn't have a skill player on the offensive side or a defensive player that, that I don't were relevant, but a, a couple noteworthy offensive linemen that maybe could help out their O-line and their, their run game and and just help their, solidify their line if they get an opportunity. So 38 guys you should know for your deep dynasty leagues who did not get drafted this past draft. Uh, but, but I think I'm intrigued by their skill set, intrigued by the opportunity that they might have at some point down the line. So let's jump right into it. And this is going by team, the Arizona Cardinals, the UDFA sleeper to keep an eye on is Blake Whitehart, tight end out of Wake Forest. He's 6'4", he's 247, average size and frame for a tight end average movement skills and athleticism, but I like his hands. I think he's got good hands. I think he's got ball skills. I think he's got body control. He creates late separation to win contested catches. He's got good blocking skills, so it can get help him get on the field also. And if he gets on the field, he could be on in pass downs or rundowns. He's got good toughness and physicality. He can line up slightly detached. He can be an H-back, which I think might be more of his role at the next level. He could be a depth inline guy. So Blake Whitehart is the UDFA sleeper you should know from the Arizona Cardinals. For the Atlanta Falcons, that's wide receiver Kylan Harris out of Oklahoma Baptist. He's 5'9, 183 pounds. Uh a guy who's quicker than fast. His 40 time was a 4'7 one at his pro day. Obviously, not ideal. This is a guy that Matt Wallman brought up when he came on our episode pre-draft. As a guy that he was intrigued with, a little bit, you know, further down his rankings, obviously, but a guy that he mentioned that, you know, that he was intrigued with that uh, I gotta know and have on your radar. And what makes them intriguing is the Atlanta Falcons, I understand they're going to be a run first team. They have Kyle Pitts, they have Drake London, but they don't really have much else in the wide receiver department. It's not an impossible situation that a UDFA player can make the roster and then see what happens. So of the Falcons, UDFA prospects, Kalen uh, Harris from Oklahoma Baptist would be the guy that I'd have on my radar. Baltimore Ravens, two guys here. Very much should be on your radar that's wide receiver Dante Demas out of Maryland and then running back Keaton Mitchell out of East Carolina. Let's start with Dante Dimas because this was a guy a couple years ago who I think was on the trajectory to be a day two type prospect. Very much a similar player and skill set, I think, to a guy like Cedric Tillman. Now injuries kind of derailed his college career, but he's got very good size at 6'3", 212 pounds, so he's got good size and frame. I think he's got above average athleticism and speed. I think he's got good footwork and burst to create separation vertically, that late separation separation vertically i think he's got good play strength he shows good physicality toughness he's got body control ball skills he's got the catch radius and the ability to high point to win contested catches i really like dante Dimas. This was a guy who, before the year started, if he showed, if he had a big bounce back year and showed he was fully healthy, I thought he could have pushed his way into being an early day free prospect. So, Dante Demas Jr. is a guy who really intrigues me. I know Baltimore invested, you know, in Zay Flowers and they, you know, they still have Rashad Bateman and, you know, they have Mark Andrews, obviously, at the tight end position. They brought in OBJ, but Dante Demas Jr. is, is an intriguing guy, especially in a, a thing with OBJs on a one year deal. Bateman might be on the way out in Baltimore sooner rather than later. If Demas could ever find what we saw earlier in his collegiate career, I'm intrigued by him. Keaton Mitchell, this was a guy who I thought was going to be drafted round four, round five. Undersized for sure at 5'8", 179 pounds, coming from a lower-level school at East Carolina. But we're talking very good to great athleticism, speed, burst, acceleration, footwork, cutting ability, agility, change of direction, elusiveness in the open field. He's a good receiver. To me, he's versatile to be used as an offensive weapon. J.K. Dobbins in his last year of his contract has struggled with injuries not probably going to be there for the long haul. Gus Edwards, same thing. Like there's nothing long term in the Baltimore backfield. And that doesn't mean Kitty Mitchell is going to eventually get an opportunity. None of these guys are. The, the, the odds of it are, are unlikely that any of these guys make it. But these are guys that should be on your radar because occasionally some of these guys do pop. They do get an opportunity and they seize the moment. So for me, the, the Baltimore skill players really is kind of up for grabs, like especially at the running back. And I even think at the wide receiver position, too, there's not a long-term a lot besides Zay Flowers. And I think Mark Andrews kind of locked in there. I I think there's some room there for I'm intrigued by Baltimore skilled players because I do think there's a, a path and an avenue where they could get an opportunity down the line. If we take this to the Buffalo Bills, wide receiver Jalen Wayne out of South Alabama is the guy I'd keep my eye on. He's 6'2", he's 210 pounds. I think he's just as intriguing as Justin Shorter, who they drafted, I believe, in the fifth round. Wayne's got above average size and frame, above average to good athleticism. He's got short area quickness and movement skills. I think he's a pretty good route runner. He shows a good understanding of route concepts. He's got good length. He's got body control and ball skills. To me, he's best suited either to be an outside possession Z-style wide receiver or a big slot. Bill, same thing, right? Gabriel Davis hasn't lived up to the hype. They don't have a lot there behind Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis. They got Khalil Shakir. Uh, they drafted Justin Shorter, you know, on day three. I think Jalen Wing can come in there and earn a roster spot, and then we'll see down the line. If we take this, the Carolina Panthers, running back Cam Peoples, out of App State, 6'1", 217. So prototypical, if you're drawing it up, size and frame, uh, at the running back position, only average athleticism, speed, and agility, but he's got good short area bursts. He's got really good vision and patience. He shows the ability to one cut and get upfield quickly, but his, his bread and butter, what, what he's, Gonna win in terms of is his play strength, his powers, toughness, his physicality, his contact balance to break tackles and pick up extra yards. I know they just signed Miles Sanders there, but Cam Peoples is the guy. It'll be interesting to see if he could find his way onto the roster and then we'll see. First defensive name I'm bringing up. Jalen Redmond out of Oklahoma had a unbelievable combine performance. He was a combine winner. I thought. Post-combine, he was ticketed somewhere for round four, round five. I'm surprised he got out of the draft, but we're talking a at 6'2", 291, yeah, slightly undersized defensive tackle, but very good to great athleticism, quickness. He's got movement skills. He's got good strength, power, and toughness even at that frame of 291. He has good hand usage and techniques. He plays with a high motor. He's an upfield penetrator that can... Get after the quarterback and also get in the backfield to disrupt the run game as well. Jalen Redman, very intriguing player out of Oklahoma that I'd keep a close eye on. Chicago Bears. Name that stood out for me is Tyson Badgett at a shepherd, the quarterback. Obviously Justin Fields is locked into the starter, but Tyson Badgett was at the senior role. It was a big step up in competition. Some people thought he was a draftable prospect. So I'd keep an eye on Tyson Badgett, probably more real life than obviously fantasy, but Tyson Badgett is a guy that, you know, Six three, two thirteen, uh has a protypical size and frame. I think the arm talent is only average, uh, but I do think he shows above average accuracy. I think he's got good clean mechanics, shows good footwork, uh average to above average touch and anticipatory pros So Badger will see if he could stick it out, third quarterback, work his way up, maybe see if he can develop into a backup down the line. If we take this as Cincinnati Bengals linebacker, Shaka Hayward out of Duke. This is a guy that some people liked as a, as a round five type guy, round six, uh, six three, 235, good size and frame. He's got good athleticism. He shows speed. He shows movement skills. He's, he shows lateral range and quickness. He's got very good length for a linebacker. He's got good play strength, toughness and physicality, plays with nonstop motor, uh, average cover skills, but he was a four year starter, depth inside linebacker and core special teamer. If we take this to the Cleveland Browns, the UDFA guy that stood out to me was edge rusher Lonnie Phelps out of Kansas. He's 6'2", he's 244. Average size and frame, very good athleticism and movement skills. He shows first step quickness and bend off the edge. I like his pass rush ability. I think he's got play strength, power, uh, I'm really intrigued by him. I, to me, he's a situational 3-4 edge rusher. I didn't see a scenario that Lonnie Phelps was going to get out of the draft, not being drafted. So I don't know. I wonder if there's like a little bit of a medical or something else that maybe we're a little bit una- unaware of. But I thought he was more of like a round five type guy or even maybe sneak into round four. For him to go undrafted, I thought Cleveland really good job scooping him up. Uh, if we take this to the Dallas Cowboys, they're up next. Uh, wide receiver Jalen Moreno-Cropper would be the guy out of Fresno State that intrigued me. He's only 5'11", 172, so very undersized wide receiver in terms of his frame. He's a slot guy but he's got good athleticism and movement skills. He shows good burst and acceleration. I love the yak ability. To me, that's my favorite part of his game, his ability to make people miss in the open field. He's a good route runner, shows separation quickness, good ball skills and body control with the ability to adjust even at 5'11", 172. So Moreno Cropper is an interesting, you know, listen, we know Dallas went out, traded for Brandon Cooks. They got Michael Gallup. They got C.D. Lamb. I think there's a path for Moreno Cropper to make that roster in Dallas. I like his upside. I like his athleticism. I like the speed and quickness that he could bring uh, to an NFL offense. So he'd be the guy that stood out there from the Dallas Cowboys UDFA. The Denver Broncos running back, Jaleel McLaughlin out of Youngstown State. This is another guy that I'm pretty sure Matt Wallman brought up before, uh, you know, when we had him on pre draft. And he's 5'7, 187 pounds. So obviously very small in terms of height. But he's got very good athleticism, speed, burst, and acceleration. He shows footwork. He shows shows change of direction skills, agility, and elusiveness in the open field. He's got receiving chops, good contact balance. To me, he's a depth change of pace receiving back. Listen, once upon a time, the Broncos hit it big with Philip Lindsay as a guy who was a UDFA. I think McLaughlin's got a chance to make this team. Obviously. There's an unknown with the injury from Javante Williams. It sounds like he'll be back. Who knows when? They went out and got some IJP Ryan. But McLaughlin could be a guy that could maybe eventually find his way to be the third back there, stick it out, if not, make the practice squad and eventually work his way up. So I'm intrigued by by McLaughlin. Obviously, Waldman was the first one I heard talk about him, put him on the radar a little bit, but then I watched him a little bit. I kind of like his overall skill set. So he'd be the guy to keep an eye on there from the Broncos. Uh the Detroit Lions. Another running back to keep an eye on. Obviously, now they got a crowded running back room, right? They signed David Montgomery in free agency. They drafted Jameer Gibbs. But Mohamed Ibrahim out of Minnesota was a guy that if there wasn't the injuries in the past, I think you're seeing the guy who probably would have went round 5 is. Or so, 5'8", 203, so the size and frame is just average. He's got average athleticism and speed and burst. But we're talking about a guy who's got very good contact balance, shows good toughness, play strength, physicality, and finishing ability to break tackles. He's got really good footwork. He's got leg drive. And most importantly, I love the vision and patience that he runs with. He he runs with a good pad level as well. I mean, we've seen him have monster games at time for Minnesota, carry that offense. Ibrahim is a guy who I think could find a place in the NFL as a third running back, and then eventually, even if given the opportunity, be successful from that spot. So Ibrahim is a guy to keep an eye on, uh, and if he can make the team and make the roster, you know, just kind of keep him in the back of your radar, that he was an intriguing player, and if it wasn't for injuries in his collegiate career, probably would have found his way to be a date for pick. Green Bay Packers, they invested a lot in the skilled players in this draft, right? multiple wide receivers, multiple tight ends, but there's a a UDFA wide receiver that I think, you know, is a little bit intriguing in Malik Helt out of old myths. He's 6'2", he's 213, so he's got very good size and frame. The athleticism and the movement skills and speed is probably just about average. But I like the length, the body control, and ball skills are my favorite attributes of him. Shows the ability to adjust in high point to win at the catch point. To me, he's a depth outside wide receiver, but I'm intrigued by Malik Helt there. Very crowded room now in terms of the depth chart, the wide receiver position, considering what the investments they made in the draft. But Helt is a guy who I thought, if he was drafted round six, round seven, wouldn't have surprised me. He goes undrafted, Green Bay scoops him up. Houston Texans uh, picked up running back Xavier Valade out of Arizona State, a guy who I thought might have snuck in round six, round seven, uh, had a really impressive pro day. Uh, He's 5'11", he's 199, so average size and frame, Good athleticism. He's got really good straight line speed, burst, and acceleration. He runs with good toughness, effort, and decisiveness. I like the footwork, with the ability to one cut and get out onto the perimeter. Good receiving skills and production. To me, best suited to be a depth running back in an outside zone scheme. Houston obviously signed Devin Singletary in free agency last year. Drafted Damian Pierce uh, in round four. But they don't have that anything else locked in after that. So there's a path for maybe Valaday to be the third or fourth running back. If they keep a fourth guy, uh, maybe there's a path for Valaday to make the roster there. And I do like the athleticism uh, that he possesses. Indianapolis Colts, uh, first non-fantasy relevant name that you should know. They were scooped up offensive guard Emil Ikior out of Alabama. This is a guy who some people thought round four you know, was possible for him. So I'm not sure the reason why he fell unless, you know, just the analyst and draft Twitter, you know, was very off on this player, but he's 6'2", he's 3'14", he was a three-year starter. Uh Most people thought he was a guy who can be a plug-and-play depth to eventually become a starter at the next level on the interior at either offensive guard position. Uh, he's got good frame average athleticism, movement skills, but it's all about, for him, it's the play strength, the power, physicality, shows good footwork, really good hand use and technical aspect of it. He's got good instincts. Uh, A guy that most people, I thought looked at him as a, as a guy who could have been a round four prospect and, and maybe potentially a starter sooner rather than later. So obviously now the, it's a long shot for the Colts for him to develop into a starter as the UDFA. But if he fell for other reasons that maybe we don't know, something with medicals or something like that, and the analysts in terms of just evaluating him, you know, saw him as a, as a round four guy that fell because of something else, then he's an intriguing name that, you know, the Colts, you know, are kind of revamping that offensive line. It's, it's not where it was years ago, obviously. Uh, he could be a guy that maybe has an opportunity to make this team, and then we'll see after that. Jacksonville, they picked up a wide receiver as a UDFA that intrigues me. Jeray Jenkins out of LSU. He's 6'1", 204, so he's got good size and frame. Athleticism is probably just average in terms of athleticism and speed, but he's got good play, strength and physicality. He uses it at the catch point to create late separation to go up and win contested catches you see it after the catch in terms of his yak ability he uses his play strength and toughness to pick up yards after the catch I think he's a pretty good route runner he's got some ball skills and body control he shows the ability to adjust in high point as well to me he's more of a depth outside wide receiver that you can get him the ball and he uses his physicality after the catch as well Kansas City Chiefs Running back, you got to keep it on your radar, right? We saw what happened with Isaiah Pacheco last year as a seventh rounder. They take Deneric Prince out of Tulsa. Tested really well at the Combine, 5'11", 216 pounds. A lot of people thought he might have snuck in the end of the draft, round six, round seven. He goes undrafted. Chiefs scoop him up. He's got great size and frame at 5'11", 216, like I mentioned. He's got really good athleticism. He shows straight line speed, acceleration, and burst. He's got good play strength, power, toughness, and physicality. He's got vision and and, and patience to allow things to develop. To me, he's best suited for a power gap run scheme. Uh, but he's a guy who I think, you know, crowded – in terms of no high-end players there, but a crowded room a little bit there for Kansas City. But I'm intrigued by Deneric Prince. I thought he was going to find his way, just due to the athletic testing at the Combine, I thought he was going to find his way to be around six, around seven player. So it's interesting he lands with the Chiefs after the draft. We saw Isaiah Pacheco earn a spot last year. Who's to say Prince can't do something at some point there uh, and earn an opportunity there? So keep an eye on Deneric Prince. Las Vegas Raiders... The other offensive lineman on my list of, of 40 names here, 38 for fantasy. Offensive guard, McClendon Curtis out of Chattanooga. He's 6'6, 324 pounds. He's a developmental offensive guard, but he's got great size and frame. Athleticism and movement stuff is just average, but he's got great length. He's good in pass pro. I think right now his pass pro is actually better than his run blocking. So he's an interesting pro, uh, a, project from a small school there in Chattanooga. So he's a gotta keep on your radar. I think he makes the uh the Raiders team and then we'll see what happens after that. Los Angeles Chargers. Defensive tackle Jared Clark out of Coastal Carolina. I thought he was gonna be a round six, round seven guy. Uh More of a depth nose tackle. So if you're talking fantasy, only really valuable if he ever got an opportunity to be a starter in DT-type premium leagues and stuff like that. But Jared Clark was a guy that a lot of people thought was going to come off the board in that late-day free range, round six, round seven. Great size and frame at 6'3", uh Average to above average athleticism, quickness and movement skills for a man his size. He's got really good play strength, toughness and physicality. He's got really great length and he uses it well. Uh, especially in run support. Pick 20, uh, pick 21. Uh, 21st team, the Los Angeles Rams running back, uh, tie in Evans out of Louisville. He's nine. he's 225. So a little bit smaller, but really good frame. Uh, Above average to good athleticism, speed, burst, and acceleration. He's got good footwork and lateral quickness to get to the perimeter. He's got good play strength, contact balance, and finishing ability to pick up extra yards. What intrigues me about Evans, while I like some of his traits, it's the landing spot, right? I don't think Cam Akers is there for the long haul. They almost had a falling out last year. They were looking to trade him. They sent him away. He came back. We'll see. They drafted Zach Evans in the sixth round. Not a lot of investment there. So who's to say an undrafted free agent running back of all positions can't carve out a role and make the roster and go from there? So keep Evans on your radar. Miami Dolphins. UDFA linebacker that intrigues me is Aubrey Miller Jr. out of Jackson State. Six feet, 229, good size and frame, average athleticism and, and, and speed, good agility and movement skills. I like the closing burst to make the tackle. He's got good play strength, toughness and physicality, more better in run support. To me, he's a depth inside linebacker on early downs. Not going to be a guy who plays a lot in sub packages. Uh, but, but I think there's a path for him to maybe make the roster as like their last linebacker or something. So keep an eye on Aubrey Miller. Uh, uh, junior, He's a guy that some thought was going to sneak in to the draft as either around six or around seven. If we take this to the Vikings, two names I want to bring up both on the defensive side of the ball, but very intriguing prospects. The first one is edge rusher Andre Carter, the second out of army. It wasn't that long ago. People thought he was going to be around one or round two prospect. And then the pre-draft process you know, really soured a lot of people to him. He came in at, you know, 6'6", 256. So we're talking great size. Obviously, still got to continue to add to that frame. He's a little thin. Uh, he's got to get stronger. Uh, but I think most people were surprised at how, how poor he tested as an athlete. Uh, but when you watch him play, I feel like his athleticism on the field is better than what it was at the combine. Uh, to me, I thought he had first-step quickness. I thought he had bend off the edge. I thought he had some explosion off the edge. Uh, I thought he had a, a good, you know, repertoire of pass rushing moves, great length. But to me, he's a developmental 3-4, you know, pass rushing edge. But with his focus now on football, does he get bigger, faster, stronger? And then on top of that... He does have some of the technical aspects of it. He does have some pass rushing skills. I do think his movement and his length is, is intriguing. So Andre Carter, you know, a guy that was on everybody's like way too early mock drafts last year, was in people's round one mocks the, during the season. Even at the end of the season, you started to see some concerns, maybe round two or round three, and then it really kind of fell off that, you know. The the testing was so poor. Most people thought Day three, but even then, most people thought Day three as a developmental pass rushing edge. For him to go undrafted, he's he's a prototypical stash and develop type player. But to me, he's got a lot more upside than most UDFA prospects do. Linebacker Ivan Pace Jr. out of Cincinnati. Uh, this is a guy who, yeah, a little undersized for sure. Five foot ten. On, but but he's got a he's he's got a good physique, he's got good frame, above average athleticism, he's got short area quickness and burst, he's a downhill linebacker, he's got great play strength and power, he plays with a nonstop motor and aggressiveness, great play recognition and instincts. I wanted the Giants to draft him as early as round five, and then I wanted him in round six, and then I wanted him in round seven. I'm surprised based on the way he plays, with the passion he plays, at even if he was just a special teamer and a part-time linebacker, I was stunned he didn't get drafted. I think he's going to outplay his UDFA status. I think he's got a real chance to make the team and, and and go from there. Pace was one of the guys was near the top five probably on my aspect of it. Best available remaining after the draft finish. I thought he should have went off the board somewhere in rounds five, six, or seven. I was surprised he did not. Uh, I, I'm intrigued by Ivan Pace Jr. Uh, he'd be a guy that I'd want on my team uh, and the passion and energy that he plays with. New England Patriots picked up an interesting UDFA quarterback. Now, I know, you know, Mac Jones, two years ago, uh, you know, they obviously did some talk that maybe, you know, they've already soured on him a little bit. Uh, you know, so that's something to keep an eye on there. But, you know, regardless... Malik Cunningham out of uh, Louisville is is such an intriguing prospect there because, you know, we know they have Mac Jones and we know they have Bailey Zappi and they just drafted them back-to-back drafts. But Malik Cunningham offers a completely different skill set. We're talking about a guy who... 5'11", 192, obviously very undersized, but he's got great athleticism, movement skills, lateral quickness, speed in the open field. He shows acceleration and burst. He shows mobility. He's a really good rusher. You can do different things with his legs, RPO stuff. You can move the launch point. You can. He can throw on the run. Uh... He can play off structure. So the arm talent is just average. The mental process, all that stuff, he's got development needed and stuff. But the athlete aspect of it is what makes him such an intriguing prospect, especially for fantasy. If he ever was to get an opportunity, whether it was the Patriots or another team, that rushing ability would make him an intriguing prospect. I think a couple of years ago, there'd be, there wouldn't even be consideration for him making an NFL team. But I think the game has changed a little bit. I think teams are intrigued with having backup quarterbacks that can do the things like Malik Cunningham, that maybe he's not the best processor or maybe he doesn't got the best arm talent, but as a guy who's got that athleticism to use his legs to make things happen and teams that would not really be expecting it. If if they're preparing for a guy like Mac Jones or, or Bailey Zappi, he's an interesting little wrinkle. So I think you should know he's there uh, because if he ever was given an opportunity, the speed at which he rushes and the rushing ability make him a really intriguing quarterback uh, in that aspect. New Orleans Saints, UDFA got to keep an eye on his running back, Sir Roderick Thompson out of Texas tech. He's five eleven, he's two Oh seven good size and frame athleticism and stuff is just average The burst the speed, all average. But for him, he wins with his play strength, his toughness, his physicality, his ability to absorb contact, to break tackles. Uh, he shows good footwork, with the ability to one cut and get up the field quickly. I don't think Alvin Kamara is there for the long haul. They brought over Jamal Williams. They drafted Kendry Miller in the third round. Those are obviously the guys ticketed behind Alvin Kamara. But, We'll see. The Saints have had some success in the past. It's been a while, but they've had some success with UDFA type running backs making the roster and, and being a functional, functional part of that offense. We'll see if Thompson could be the, the next one there in New Orleans to get that opportunity. Uh, New York Giants brought in wide receiver Bryce Ford Whedon. He'd be in that short list of five or six names that I was most stunned didn't get drafted. Uh, Ford Whedon out of West Virginia, he's 6'4, he's 221. Absolutely blew up the combine. He's got very good size, good frame, very good to great athleticism, straight line speed, acceleration, and burst. He's got great leaping ability, he's got body control, the ability to high point and adjust to the football. He's an outside vertical wide receiver. His change of direction stuff, I, I don't I think that's an area of the concern. But in terms of a guy who's got who checks off the boxes in terms of height, weight, speed, athleticism, that's Bryce Ford Whedon, so I, I'm intrigued by him. Giants have a deep wide receiver depth chart, but not a overly talented one. So I think there's a scenario where if he plays well, he could be given an opportunity there. I'm stunned that he didn't go somewhere. I thought he could have won early, honestly, as round four, but I did, I thought maybe I thought round five was probably the sweet spot for him. I can't believe with his measurables, he didn't get picked up somewhere in the seven rounds. Uh, he'd be probably for fantasy one of the most intriguing UDFA guys to kind of just stash, put him on the depth chart, put him on like a taxi squad or something, and just kind of see if he gets an opportunity to make a roster and, and where he, you know, how he kind of takes that. If we keep this going, uh, New York Jets, two guys I want to bring up. One is running back Travis Dye out of USC. Now, I know the Jets have a very, very, very crowded. Running back room with obviously Brees Hall and Michael Carter, and they drafted Israel Abaconda. And last year, uh, you know, uh, Zonovan Bam Knight played really well for them. But Travis Dye is a guy that I just really liked coming out, and he's 5'10, he's 201. He's ideal for an outside zone scheme. We know San Francisco, you know, a lot of San Francisco influence in what the Jets do in terms of offense. I like his athleticism, uh, his pass catching ability, his footwork, his agility to make people miss. I really like Travis Dye's game. I don't know if it's going to be with the Jets, but he's a guy that I'm going to keep an eye on wherever he ends up because... I think he's a guy who could who can be an effective rusher, but also be a very good receiving back out of the backfield. So if Die doesn't make it with the Jets, he's a guy that I want on my radar, and I want to see who picks him up and scoops him up because somebody will. And I like the skill set a lot of of Travis Die. Uh, I think he suffered an injury, you know, late this year that you know we didn't see him much in the pre-draft process, but but I'm intrigued by Travis Die. Another guy the Jets brought in was Jason Brownlee out of Southern Mississippi. He's a guy that Mel Kuyper really w- was high on. 6'2", 198 pounds, only average athleticism and speed, but he's got good size. Uh I think the frame is fine. Very good length, shows good catch radius. He's got ball skills. He's got body control. He shows the ability to high point and adjust and win contested couches. To me, he's a pro-typical outside wide receiver, but I like his upside a little bit. So again, we know the Jets have a lot of guys there. Uh... So maybe Brownlee doesn't get a chance there, but both their UDFA guys that I brought up here, Travis Dye and Jason Brownlee, I want to know their names. I want to kind of track where they go because I do think the skill sets are intriguing for both of those players. couple wide receivers for the Eagles. Now you think of the Eagles and you don't think they have a lot of openings, but to be honest with you, they're very top heavy at wide receiver, right? They got A.J. Brown. They got Devonta Smith. They don't have anything else locked in there. So two guys that I think you should very much have on your radar is Joseph Nagata out of Clemson and Jadon Hasselwood out of Arkansas. These are two guys the Devit community knows real well because we've been talking about these guys for years. We thought both of these guys were going to be – potential you know, round one or day two type wide receiver prospects and never fully materialized. So first with Nagata, who I like a little bit more, 6'3", 217, uh, good size and frame, above average athleticism, burst and speed. He's got play strength, physicality and toughness you see at the catch point. I think he's got good ball skills, body control, shows you to adjust in high point to win contested catches. I feel like Nagata's time at Clemson was kind of attached to very inconsistent quarterback play, obviously once Trevor Lawrence was gone. And I think that hurt uh Nagata... And I think if a guy like Trevor Lawrence was there for multiple years for, for Nagata, I think we might have been able to see a very different player. And the the thought and and how he was perceived might have been very different. So Joseph Nagata is a guy I'm keeping a very close eye on uh, with the Eagles. And then Jadon Hasselwood, who originally started his career with Oklahoma, 6'2", 215. Uh, great play strength, physicality, toughness. He wins at the catch point. He creates that late separation. He uses his body and his frame well, I think, at the catch point. Athleticism is only average, but he's more of a guy who wins at the catch point. Uh, Intrigued by Hasselwood there as well, so Nagata and Hasselwood are two guys very much you know on my radar. Pittsburgh, the only guy that really stood out, it was just a name that that we've kind of been talking about here at Saturday, Sunday on and off for years, is quarterback Tanner Morgan out of Minnesota. A couple years ago, some people thought maybe he could have been a you know a round three, round four guy, never materialized. He's six two, he's two fifteen, arm talent is average. Uh accuracy is only average in the short to intermediate range, but he does throw with some good touch and anticipation. Uh he's got above average to good mechanics in terms of his footwork, his release Uh, he's got, he shows good mental processing and the poise to handle pressure, never fully lived up to, I think the expectations that, you know, a couple years ago people had for him. Uh, but, but we'll see if he gets an opportunity to maybe stick as the third quarterback in Pittsburgh. Uh, one more offensive lineman I want to bring up out of San Francisco, uh, Joey Fisher out of Shepherd. He's a guy that I know Len Erlein was intrigued by, thought he can get drafted somewhere in that round five to round six range. He goes uh does not get drafted, but obviously coming from a small school is a developmental uh prospect. He was a career starter at offensive tackle at Shepherd, most likely a kick into the interior and be an offensive guard, but at 6'4", 290, uh, 292, he's got above average to good athleticism, quickness, and movement skills. He shows good to very good play strength, toughness, and physicality, uh, and I think he's got pretty good techniques for, for a player coming out of a small school as well. Seattle Seahawks. Pair of wide receivers, now I know they have DK Metcalf and they know they have Tyler Lockett and, and they drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba. but after that, I don't think anything's locked in. Two guys to see if either one of them can fight to make the roster and, and then we'll see. CJ Johnson out of East Carolina, Matt Landers out of Arkansas. Some people thought CJ Johnson was like a round five guy, same thing with Matt Landers. If they would have came off the board in round five, six, or seven, nobody would have been all that surprised. Uh, Johnson out of East Carolina, 6'1", 224. For him, it's all about winning at the catch point. Big slaughter outside Z. The athleticism is just average, but he's got really good play strength and physicality. You see it at the line of scrimmage, getting off press. You see it during the routes. You see it at the catch point. He creates that late separation. Uh, and I think he does a really good job with that. I think I like the body control and the ball skills. He shows he's got good length as well. So CJ Johnson, an intriguing name there for Seattle. And then Matt Landers. Very different than CJ Johnson. Landers, 6'4", 200. He's got some Bryce Ford weed into him in terms of the height, uh, and the explosiveness. Very good athleticism, shows good build up speed and stride length to create separation and win vertically down the field. He's got great length and catch radius, shows the ability to high point, go up and get it. I like the body control. To me, he's a developmental outside wide, speed wide receiver. Very intriguing. With Landers, I think I like Landers a little bit more than CJ Johnson, but they are very different in terms of how they win stylistically. One is very much at the catch point, uh, and the other one is very much that raw speed that Landers possesses. Tampa Bay, this is a name that you know pre-draft he he was going way too high in you know, rookie mock drafts. Uh He was going, being picked in best ball, early best ball drafts. And that's running back Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. A guy who I really liked uh before the season started. I thought he was a little inconsistent. I had some concerns pop up in terms of uh, his ability to to stop and start, his change of direction. We listen at five nine two zero seven. He's got good size and frame. He's got very good athleticism, burst, acceleration, explosiveness, and speed. He's got good vision and patience with one cut ability on the perimeter. He's got good contact balance, power play strength, finishing ability, leg drive. He's got receiving skills. I, you know, it was almost be unfathomable to think before this past college football season started that Sean Tucker went undrafted. But now I think he, he's in an opportunity there. Where, yeah, they ever shot white. But what else is really locked in there on the Bucks depth chart? That Sean Tucker is a very, very intriguing UDFA. He'd be right there on that short list if I if I was gonna say five or six names that I was most stunned didn't get drafted. I'm surprised somebody didn't take Tucker. Uh I know there were some medical things. He didn't get the test, but this is a guy at five nine two oh seven who who would have tested really well in terms of his straight line speed, his bursts, his, his jumps would have been all, uh, would have been really impressive. I think the, you know, the, the shuttle and that stuff probably not so much for Tucker. I think that's where his biggest development and concerns lie, but this is a guy who should have been drafted. Uh, another guy from Tampa Bay that I'd really want to keep an eye on is Raheem Jarrett out of Maryland, the wide receiver, former five-star recruit. This was a major, major recruit before the season started. Most people had him in their top 10 or top 12 in terms of wide receiver prospects. So know. I'm still very intrigued by the skill set. He'd be right there on the short list too. Uh, I've talked about some guys like Ivan Pace, uh, you know, Carter out of Army. Uh, Bryce Ford Whedon, Sean Tucker, Rakeem Jarrett, those would probably be the guys that most surprised me didn't get drafted. But but Jarrett, we're talking about a guy, like I said, that former five-star player. That that holds weight and water throughout their collegiate career. And even NFL teams know that they were a five-star player. He's got very good to great athleticism, speed, burst, acceleration, explosiveness. He can get vertical. He can do a lot of damage after the catch as well. I love his rack ability. He shows good separation quickness, footwork, and route running. Uh, He's got body control, ball skills, and good hands. I think he was really just hurt by the inconsistent quarterback play there out of Maryland that I'd be very intrigued with Rakeem Jarrett uh, Mike Evans is getting up there. I can see them moving on from him as they're kind of resetting and reloading and rebuilding. Uh, now that Tom Brady's left, but Raheem Jarrett is a guy who I think can make this roster, and I think Sean Tucker too. I, I think Tucker and Raheem Jarrett are, are two very intriguing prospects, and I think there's a path to both of them making the team, and 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 slowly but surely maybe making a dent in that depth chart at both the running back and the wide receiver position. Another guy, great opportunity. Tennessee Titans, two interesting wide receivers. Uh, Let's start with the one I like even more, and that's wide receiver Jacob Copeland out of Maryland. 5'11", 201, good size and frame, great athlete. Shows He's got great speed, burst acceleration. Uh, he's got the explosiveness to get vertical and create that separation. He's got good body control with the ability to adjust in high point. He's got play strength and physicality. He's an outside perimeter wide receiver. Let's be honest, the Titans have very little at the wide receiver. They drafted Kyle Phillips last year. On the third day, maybe he materializes into a slot player. They obviously traded A.J. Brown for the pick. They drafted, you know, Traylon Burks. Robert Woods isn't there anymore. Jacob Copeland has got a path to make this roster. And then with his athleticism and speed to to not only make it, but then also to potentially see reps. Uh, so Copeland is a really intriguing player that I think we should all have on our radar. Uh, add to that is Trayshawn Harrison out of Oregon State, 5'11", 184. Another guy, very good athlete, speed, movement skills. He. He's got acceleration and burst. He's a guy that does a lot after the catch as well. Good yak ability, agility, and elusiveness. Another developmental speed wide receiver. So Copeland and, and Treshaun Harrison, they might be fighting out for one spot, but I'd keep a close eye on, on if either one of them make that roster because it's, there's an open, open depth chart there to, to slowly but surely start to climb if given the opportunity. And then last player tonight uh, from... The Washington Commander scooped him up. Wide receiver Mitchell Tinsley out of Penn State. He's six feet, 199. He's a big slot got good size and frame athleticism and speed is just average but he wins with his play strength toughness and physicality you see it in the routes you see it at the catch point uh you see it after the catch when he's breaking tackles with his play strength very good ball skills and body control obviously we know Terry McLaurin Jahan Dotson kind of locked in there 1 2 Curtis Samuel after that uh but but there's a there's an opening there and that's what you're really looking for with these UDFA guys is the depth chart to the point where maybe they can make the roster As a fifth or sixth, you know, spot on the roster as a wide receiver or, you know, the number three or four running back. That's what you're looking for with these UDFA guys. You're looking for guys that maybe had high level traits. Uh, you're looking for guys, maybe former five-star recruits who maybe didn't materialize for whatever reason, injury or situation. You're looking for guys who maybe fell out of the draft due to injury, maybe Sean Tucker. Those are the guys that I think you're kind of eyeing if you're talking about UDFA guys to, to, to know for, for your, for your deep dynasty leagues. And, and I think there's a lot of intriguing names on this list, you know. You know, the the guys that I'd really be looking at are Sean Tucker and Raheem Jarrett with Tampa Bay, Jacob Copeland, uh, with Tennessee, Matt Landers with Seattle, uh, Joseph Nagata, you know, uh, from Clemson with Philadelphia. Uh, I talked about the two Jets guys, Travis Dye and Jason Brownlee, the, the running back and wide receiver. Talked about Bryce Ford Weedon, obviously, with the, uh, with the Giants. Those are probably the guys that I think might stand out the most, uh, in terms of, Keaton Mitchell and Dante Demas Jr. also uh, with Baltimore. I think those are probably the eight or nine guys that I think I'm most intrigued with, that if you have really deep dynasty drafts with a a large taxi squad, those are some of the names I'd be looking to get uh, in my deep dynasty drafts and just kind of stash them and see what happens down the line. It's a long shot, guys, you know. I spoke glowingly of some of these guys, but that's their that was their college film traits, right? Like that doesn't mean much anymore in terms of whether or not they get now it's all about does an opportunity open up for them? Can they seize the moment because we know the leash will be short uh but every once in a while we get somebody and, and I think teams now there's more good college offenses now than ever. So there's a lot of intriguing skill players more than there I think used to be, and there's a lot of guys in this draft class that I'm stunned didn't get drafted, and I think that's because the depth of how talented these college offenses are, and there's so many people being productive and and making an impact at the college level that you know a lot of guys you know fall through the cracks and don't get drafted anymore. You know even if 30 to 35 wide receivers go off the board and you know 20 to 23 running backs. There's still opportunity there to find guys on the UDFA path. And and I think that's something that'll be really intriguing to see if any of these guys uh, can kind of make a name for themselves in OTAs, in mini camps, in training camps, in preseason. And then that's really when you want to keep, you really want to be following some of these guys. Some of these guys I talked about literally are going to be the guys that are dominating preseason, fourth quarter, third quarter. And does it give them an opportunity to make a roster and then see what happens? And that's what you're really looking for with these UDFA guys. So, guys, if, you, if you're if you enjoying this, please get over to the website, SSFootball, fastest and easiest way to get there. Uh, check out the premium content tab. You still can purchase the premium notebooks. Uh, there's still a lot of value that can be deemed from them. For $9.99, you get access to all three premium notebooks. You get the rankings notebook, which is probably most relevant right now. It has my full detailed Dynasty Rookie Rankings. It has uh, my IDP uh, Dynasty Rookie Rankings. It has my rankings and tiers just on film analysis solely nothing about fantasy draft capital or landing spots. So you can see what I thought about these guys before they were drafted, before we knew what round and, and and, and what team and what opportunity was in front of them. You get our Devi rankings and then soon to be updated positional overall dynasty uh, rankings as well. That's just in the rankings notebook. You get the scouting notebook, which had about a hundred detailed player profiles. So much more detailed scouting reports on many of these offensive prospects. Some of these guys who, Ended up being UDFA's are in there. Many of the guys who were drafted are in there. Almost all of the guys who were drafted. Uh, and then you, this the draft projections notebook. While most relevant for the draft, it still has four hundred names in there of prospects, a snapshot of how they win, developmental areas uh, for every single, you know, position, offense and defense. So there can still be a lot of value and merit uh, to looking through the snapshot of the players in there. If you're unfamiliar with somebody, if you're, you know, you're looking for a snapshot of somebody to draft in an IDP draft and and you want to know about, you know, a sixth round linebacker or five, a fifth round linebacker, I have what their strengths are, how they win and developmental areas uh, to kind of to give you a snapshot of who the player is. So you can still get some value out of that as well. $9.99, best way to help us and support us and continue to do what we do here. So on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano and myself, thank you for joining us. I look forward to next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.